1: Hi guys, my name is Fumto. I'm a clinical mental health therapist and I'm about to spill tea with Tay.
0: Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to a fresh new episode of Tea with Tay, the only podcast that brings you tea acidity hot. And speaking about tea, this episode is proudly sponsored by my faves, Lipton. My guest today is a clinical mental health therapist who practices from a trauma-focused lens with the goal of providing individuals with a safe space. My guest today is Fumto Ogumbawa. She's the founder of EBIO Therapy and Wellness Limited. Please put your hands together for my guest. My friends, I had to introduce you. Hey! Thank you so much. Welcome to this show. <laughs> I've been waiting for this episode because I think that all of us in therapy in this country.
1: We absolutely do. <sighs> my sister, how are you? I'm good. Good to have you on my couch. Good to be here. Yeah, Thank finally. you for having me. I know. I'm glad we made it happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so... As is the culture of this show, we always mm-hmm. do background checks, All right? right?
1: Cool. We always do background checks, right? All right so, then.
0: who is from to Ugumbawa?
1: Wow, that's such a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: please load me up for ya.
1: Who is Fumta? Um, Well, you already introduced me. I'm a clinical mental health therapist. Um, That essentially means that I'm a psychotherapist. So I see people. I provide therapy services Mm -hmm. to people seeking support. I'm the founder of EBIO, which is a private practice here. So we provide therapy um, to individuals, to companies, you know, organizations, workshops, all that good stuff. Aside from from to the therapist, I'm also a person. We're talking about how I don't really go out much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm a. I think I'm an easygoing person. You are, like you are. Yeah, you know, I'm easygoing. I have siblings. You know, almost all of them. Yeah. How many? How many do you have? I have three siblings. Right. I'm the last born. Um, would you have guessed?
0: I guessed. Oh. It's because, because I know. You know. Though, I was, was going to say okay, it's because know, like, you two. know
1: Yeah. Um. And yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Very easygoing. Mm-hmm. I like to chill. Jesus, girl. Jesus. Hallelujah. Great. I don't know
0: how somehow, some ways Jesus enters into this podcast. But come then on. I love Jesus it. Jesus he's,
1: every, he's everywhere. He's
0: the ultimate therapist.
1: Come on.
0: <laughs> <laughs> My friend. He's the
1: ultimate counselor. Is it? Yes, no. So he helps you in your own work, oh, right? Absolutely. Oh, uh, the has to come in mm-hmm. now. This moment, before somebody says something, he's like... I already know what
0: it is. Okay, before we take you to church, let's <laughs> come back. <laughs> okay, so what, why therapy though? You could because you could have been anything, like a lawyer. You could yeah, because your temperament is so like I like it. You're, you're so demure. Is that the word? Mm-hmm, come yeah, on. You to do. I'm easygoing, it. right? Easygoing. <laughs> you know, no stress. So you could have yeah. anything, but why therapy?
1: So, I think a little background is my parents are very easygoing in terms of like the stereotypical average Nigerian parents, they, they weren't any of those parents that were like, oh, you have to do this. You have to be a lawyer. You have to be anything. Like they let us pretty much pick what, what um, we wanted to do. And by yeah. us, I mean my siblings and I. And I mean, you know two of my siblings, right? Mm-hmm. They're both in the creative world, which yeah. now is accepted. But when they started, the time, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't. So I was trying to figure out like what I wanted to do. In primary school, I thought of being a lawyer. But then I was like, ah, lawyers have to redo. Mm-hmm. That's how I was doing reading so much. But I still have to read as a therapist. Right. Um. And then in secondary school, my secondary school, we had this IT program where we were um, in SS two. We had to do like a two week internship, and at the time, I actually interned with um, Tosin Bokno, rest in peace, mm-hmm. and it was amazing. <laughs> I loved it. And I just kept asking myself, like, okay, can I do this long term? You know? And my dad is a journalist, so I was already exposed to that world. Um, So I kept asking myself, like, okay, can I do this long term? And even though I enjoyed it, I was like, oh, I don't think I can do this like nine to five. This would be my everyday life. So then I started thinking about, like, okay, what do I actually enjoy doing? And then I realized that I like talking to people. In my friend group, you know, I was usually the one that people would come talk to Mm -hmm. when they needed advice. Mm -hmm. And I just like helping people figure things out. And like I said, my parents are very easygoing in terms of us choosing our careers. So I decided to study psychology. So I have my bachelor's in psychology and communication. And while I was getting my bachelor's, I really started to see the treatment gap that existed in like mental health care in Nigeria um, and especially like just back between the diaspora in general, because I was in America. And then that's when I decided that, okay, you know what, I'm going to go into therapy. And then I got my master's in clinical mental health counseling. And now we're here. So, how long have you been practicing for? So, I've been practicing in Lagos for two years. Mm-hmm. EBI is two years old. Um, but as a collective, I've been in the mental health field for over four years.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. Tell me about the the landscape in Nigeria. What therapy is like here? Yeah. And you know, what's it like? What's the difference between working here and there?
1: Hmm. That's a good question because yeah.
0: there's differences. Always become more problems than never be.
1: No, not even that
0: too. But we have less structure, right? right. And, and I think then just uh, just waking up to the idea of what therapy is.
1: Yes, and because we have less structure, though, it's unfortunate. There are lots of like horror stories of people that have had horrible experiences with people that brand themselves as therapists but they are not. So one of the big differences is is that I'm like. So I was in Texas and in order for you to be a licensed mental health professional, there's a licensing body, right? You have to take an exam after you finish from your master's program. After you take the exam, you apply to the licensing body. They give you like a, um, like a provisional license, right? And then you're still getting supervision. After that, then you get your full license, Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so that's the big difference. In Nigeria, there aren't really
0: any because anybody can wake up and become a counselor.
1: Exactly, mm-hmm. Sex that's therapist. exactly, and that's the big <gasps> thing. When you now look closer, you see that ah, this person has just done like a coaching certification course, and it's like for me almost. Sometimes i have be taking a person out. Look, no, I've like, my six and a half <clears throat> years of school. Somebody will not...
0: <laughs> <laughs> Somebody go read book on how to sex save this thing. Go on YouTube and just come and just be that's on social media. Exactly. And open an entire establishment to do that.
1: Exactly. And be getting clients, right? And causing harm Mm. so that's the big thing like there's there really isn't any structure I mean there are bodies out here but there really isn't like a licensing body right right? there isn't one body that's regulating like the practice of therapy so even me as a therapist I mean I'm ethical I like to pride myself in Mm -hmm. that but if I didn't have like a strong background in ethics I could be doing whatever I could be causing harm to my clients. Because nobody's regulating it. Nobody's anyway. regulating it. So I could just be out here just causing harm to people. You know, I've heard stories of like therapists hitting on their clients. Like saying like, ah, yeah, like, fine. You know, exactly. Mm-hmm.
0: That's why I told you I cannot career do therapy here because my <laughs> secret too so much. Stop, stop, stop. But I told people, you this thing.
1: No, 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 no. But there are professionals that are ethical and they're no, out
0: there. I can imagine that, you know, when you meet some clients, they've mm-hmm. been burned by other therapists. So yes. you have to start the work again from helping them to feel comfortable with you.
1: Exactly, exactly. And I always, whenever I encounter clients like that, I always commend their bravery, man. Because I'm just like, it is not easy for you to have a horrible experience in therapy and then decide that, you know what, I'm going to try again. Mm -hmm. Like that is such a a brave thing. And I always commend them. And one of the ways I like, I even try to give people the option of deciding if they want to go with me is I have something that I do is a free 15 minute consultation. So essentially it's your first time interacting with me because I believe that your first time interacting with me or a therapist, you shouldn't have to pay for it because like, What if you don't get along well? You've now spent your money. And then... is that? Yes, now. Nobody's going to refund you your money back like if you don't get along well with them. You know, so... And yes, obviously in this industry, in my profession rather, time is money. But... I'm okay to give up 15 minutes, you know. So for those 15 minutes, it's the clients just asking me, the potential client just asking me questions. Also, me asking them questions to see if um, I even have the expertise that they need, that they are seeking, right? So,
0: so, with, I, so with all your training, you can get some cases that you're like, I can't do this. Yes, now are you serious? Yeah, because you can. You can also meet some clients who, after, even after paying, you realize that you're not the right fit for them. Yep, and yep. The, oh, really?
1: Yes, but again, that's why the f- the fifteen minute consultation is there, so that hopefully we can flag that right, right. before we even get into you pain. The mm-hmm. fifteen minute consultation is free, right? So I'm asking things like, okay what's going on to cause you to consider therapy at this point? So you're telling me, you know, what you've been thinking about and stuff like that. And through that, I'm able to kind of like gauge and assess. Mm-hmm. So an example would be like, if somebody needs medication management, right? They need to be on um, um, psychotropic medication. Mm-hmm. I'm not a psychiatrist, So I can't offer that service. So I would have to refer out. If somebody needed like um, addiction management, Mm. right? I do have some training in addiction, but that is not my area of specialty. So I would feel more comfortable referring out. Mm. Exactly. So it's kind of like with medical doctors now, like you have specialties, Mm. right? Your general GP, your GP is not going to, you know, specialize in I don't know like orthopedics or something right they would have to refer out but again because there's no regulation you can have somebody that has no business dealing with I don't know maybe something like trauma mm-hmm. but because they've woken up and decided that I'm a therapist now they are now going to deal with it and then cause more
0: harm to traumatize people. them more. yep So, you know, I need need us to define some certain concepts so that going forward, whoever is watching this podcast can understand Mm -hmm. all of these terms, right? So from, I want you to help me define trauma, mental health and (laughs) therapy. Okay. Please.
1: (laughs) Which one should I stand to?
0: Mental health. Okay, cool.
1: So mental health is essentially, just as the name says, it's the state of our mental well-being. Um, the WHO has an official definition and it's being able to just live a fulfilling, a fulfilling and healthy life where you're able to just navigate all the different demands that life brings your way. So just as we have physical health, mental health is really just the care of our mental and emotional states. Mm-hmm. This means that when we're faced with like difficulties, Our reaction to said difficulties is within like a healthy range, right? So for example, if somebody should lose a loved one and they are crying, that is a healthy reaction, right? Because the loss of a loved one is something that's... Exactly. However, if somebody... still sticking with that example if somebody loses a loved one and they're not really showing any emotions or they're no not grieving. showing any exactly no. it might be like okay what's going no. on right so being able to have healthy reactions depending on the situation right that's mental health um is that trauma b yeah so trauma we like
0: to throw this word around i, I, I throw it around like 20 times a day. No, <laughs> and I think it's, shout out TikTok, man. But I'm actually
1: traumatized.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll get into <laughs> it. <laughs> don't come, don't come, me this podcast. I know no, no, true. no, I will no, send no, you no.
1: out. <laughs> We're not going to do that. So trauma is essentially um, an emotional response to a distressing event, right? So trauma is how our body and our mind processes a distressing event. So a distressing event can range anywhere from From something like losing a loved one, Mm -hmm. right? Because that is a distressing event. Let's say like the loss was, I don't know, God forbid if you were, if it was like a car accident and you are a survivor in that accident and your loved one passed away. That is highly traumatic, right? So it can be something like that to maybe even living in an environment where there is political unrest, Right. or living in an environment like Lagos, that is so stressful. <sighs> <All> traumatized, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, essentially trauma is just an emotional response to mm-hmm. um, a, dis- a distressing event. Okay. Yeah. And what was the last one? Depression? Therapy. Oh, therapy. Yeah. Therapy is um, short form for psychotherapy. Psychotherapy is when you are meeting with a mental health professional. So this is a professional that is qualified So either a clinical psychologist, a clinical psychotherapist, or um, a psychiatrist, and it is designed to help you work through whatever difficulties that you may be experiencing. So the most common form of therapy is talk therapy, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, um, just exchanging and talking. Um, But in talk therapy, we're not just in, it's not aimless. Mm-hmm, <laughs> right, mm-hmm. we have goals in mind. We might introduce activities um there's homework assigned, you know things like that, but talk therapy is usually the most common form of therapy that people um are referring to so yeah,
0: right i hope I hope that helps everyone, yes, please, it mm-hmm. does. I know you, you touched on it earlier, right? But mm-hmm. I want I want to understand the mental health landscape in Nigeria. Yeah. Where we are as
1: mm-hmm.
0: Nigerians, so even how we engage with therapy, yeah. mental health conversations.
1: Yeah. Okay. So where we are is, there's progress, right? It's not where we used to be like five, ten years mm-hmm. ago. So where we are, more people have heard of therapy, mm-hmm. right? Either... They may not have encountered it themselves, but maybe they've heard someone talk about it. And Mm -hmm. obviously, there's social media too. So social media is playing a a role in that, exactly. So we have more people understanding the concept of therapy as something that you seek out, like when you're having like an emotional difficulty. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing a lot of that. We're seeing a lot of people seeking out um, therapy, right? Um, So we're. Our progress is is one that is upwards, right? In terms of people seeking out help.
0: Yeah.
1: However, Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's still a lot of myths around therapy. And that's, you know, like seeking out help, for example. Some people think that therapy is something that's only like
0: just... People
1: who are exactly. I didn't want to use that, but yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. The people who are Black unstable. Yeah, exactly, right? Because mm. that's a stereotype that even exists in the US, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so there's still that in Nigeria. Um, there's people that maybe don't even understand the concept of like therapy or like talking to somebody. Like I recently told someone that I was a therapist now, and they were like, Oh, so you just talk to people mm. and they're yeah, okay, that's it. I'm just like, first of all, I do more than talk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like don't, don't do me. Well, you do more than talk. I do more than talk. Oftentimes, it's you that is doing most of the talking. If you go to a session and your therapist is talking more than you, then that's a little bit of a red flag.
0: Right. Right. So you okay. listen more than you talk. I,
1: 100%. Mm. 100%. Because I'm collecting a lot Data. of information. Mm. Exactly. Right. Um. So, yeah, people don't really understand the concept of therapy so this is where I have to do a lot of like psychoeducation and just like letting people know what therapy is about and that's another reason why I even have the consultation like I spoke earlier Mm -hmm. so that your first um you even have an understanding of what it is that you're about to get into um so that's, that's, that's our landscape in Nigeria. We're seeing more people seek mm-hmm. help, especially younger people. Right. Um, a lot of Gen Zs and millennials. Right. Um, but we're also seeing older adults too. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like our parents' generation mm-hmm. um, seeking help. Usually it's by the influence of like family members. So maybe one of their children has told them that, ah, mommy. I think you should Indeed. talk to somebody, yeah. right? Um, but thankfully they're usually like receptive to mm. receiving that help. So yeah.
0: You know what's very interesting what? before 2014, 20, 20, 2015, mental health was never a a term or a conversation. Mm-hmm. Like this is is very recent for us here. Mm-hmm. You know, and thanks to social media, yeah, this conversation is going around people are having more what were people get? what were people using to keep themselves sane hmm. what was mental health what was the thing that people would do back in the day
1: mm-hmm.
0: to be mentally stable because obviously this is not a new concept New beings are existing forever mm-hmm. right they've, mm-hmm. they've gone through trauma they've gone through different things what were people doing before now mm-hmm. before this became a conversation a lot of people were talking to their pastor
1: <laughs> I need a video about that. A hey, lot of people were talking to I their pastor. I did a video about that. Their pastor. They're talking
0: that to their pastor. Nigerian moms and their pastors are like two pieces in the pod. <laughs> Honestly. You cannot separate her from her pastor. Nope. And it makes sense now. The older I get it, it makes sense now because those were the only people they could talk to about their husband cheating, yep. their children become becoming deliquent, uh-huh. whatever they call it. And... That relationship just begins to make sense. But the pastors also were not professionals. No. <laughs> they only had the Holy Spirit. So they were yeah. not even spirit filled. And, and that's
1: free You get killed. pastors destroyed homes. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah. So a lot of people were talking to their pastor. Maybe, maybe their doctor. Mm. Maybe. But oftentimes, if anybody is displaying any form of emotional, instabilities pastor you're calling now yes. like it's like ah let's call pastor to come and pray to come and this I recently had a conversation where someone you know was talking about having like health issues right that kind of just like sprung up on them have mm-hmm. been sprung up on them and their parents' reaction was like let's call pastor yes. Yes. let's call pastor to come and you know pray against this demon pray against that and it's just like have you people taking this babe to the hospital first <laughs> you know So, yeah, a lot of people were using just um, religion to cope, Mm -hmm. to deal with, like, their struggles. So, and it was usually from a place of fear, if Mm. we're getting real, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like any small thing, it's like, ah, this is not of God. This is devil. This is demon. I need to cast it. I need to cast it. But it's like, hello, if you have, again, Going back to that definition of of mental health, right? It's a healthy reaction. If someone is growing up in an environment where there's instability, it's no surprise if Indeed. it starts showing up in their behavior, and becoming violent. Do you understand? Yeah. Or if it starts showing up in their in their grades, mm. right? But a it's lot of witches and wizards <laughs> is is witches and wizards oppressing you. That doesn't want your children
0: to be successful. My enemies will not mm. catch me. Do you know there's some kids that were so stubborn when we were younger? And you know they, they grew up in hostile environments, but we didn't yes. understand it. That, you know, for school, it was a bit, 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 Do you
1: understand? I was like, Do you none understand? of
0: them old, I was like, this behavior was a trauma response. Like, it was a...
1: 100%. And the thing is that, like, kids are sponges. So they literally soak up everything in their environment. Mm. Right? So if... Mommy, if they are seeing mommy and daddy shall see, what are they going to do at school they are going to shout now do you understand mm. if they are um, if mommy and daddy are not even asking them um. uh, how, many, how many parents were asking you how you
0: are feeling that's why I say my own trauma response is plenty
1: <laughs> even when I said that my parents were easy going and mm. stuff like that I don't little, think they were asking me how yeah, are you feeling some very
0: personal questions yeah. do
1: you understand because a lot of them just wanted to provide
0: yes they were just literally above water, like, yes. trying to figure out this parenting thing.
1: And, you know, just being in that stage of wanting to provide, wanting to, you know, just provide financially, we can call that a little bit of a trauma response, too. Is it? Because you're in survival mode. So it's just like, okay, let's get this bread, literally. Right? Let's go and make this money. Let's do this. Let's do that. Right? And you're so focused on that Mm -hmm. that you, it's almost like you are laser focused. You're not able to process the other things that Mm -hmm. are going on. Mm -hmm. Right? So if Junior, if Junior's grades are slipping, you're not thinking like, what may be going on with Junior? It's like, what's wrong with this boy? Mm -hmm. After all the money that I've spent Mm -hmm. and everything like that. And we can't blame them because, well, society is, not
0: always yeah. kind to us. And sometimes it trickles down from different generations. From your mother, it's what your mother <laughs> will experience something, she'll pass it on to children, children pass it on to them.
1: Absolutely. Intergenerational trauma is really a thing.
0: Mm.
1: It really is a thing. And it's like, it doesn't even have to be as so grand as like mm. the word may seem, but it's like literally, like you said, trickle down effect. Give me an example. So, an example would be let's say that. um, Somebody's grandparents, um, you know, were grew up in the era of like the Biafra War, right? Mm-hmm. That was there was a lot of um instability, there was a lot of chaos, there was a lot of death, mm-hmm. right? And those things are traumatic, right? So they literally had to go into survival mode to remain safe. Right. So they had to flee, right? For those who Fought, they had to fight, mm-hmm. right? So when um, they are exp- when they are encountered with difficulties, it's those responses that are coming up. Either I fight this thing, or I run away from it, right? And so that's Grandpa. So now you see that Grandpa is always angry. Grandpa is always grumpy, right? And then Grandpa is who raised Dad, right? And then. Dad is always angry. He's always grumpy. He doesn't know how to express his displeasure to us. Right? And then dad is who is raising me. And now I'm like, why is dad always shouting at me? I can't tell dad um, what I'm feeling. But then also dad is the one that is maybe sometimes showing me care Mm -hmm. and affection. Right? So it just trickles down. And if... The child is not self-aware enough or doesn't even get the resources that they need, maybe like therapy or even just like exposure to other people, then that's how they're going to raise their own child. And just, then it just, mm-hmm. just trickles down literally like a domino effect. So what can break it? i I usually see those people that say I'm a, a cause breaker. I'm a generational cause breaker.
0: <laughs> Do you also cause where I'm coming from, you know? Uh-huh. I don't think people worry. I'm not sure that anybody worry, but (laughs) there's there's so many things that I grew up seeing as a child, Mm -hmm. you know, that's informed the person that I am today. Mm -hmm. And it's only recently I started realizing that a lot of things that we were going through at the time, kids were not supposed to experience that. And it formed somebody like me. So, you see a lot of adults who are a total mess. Mm -hmm. Some are better than some others. Especially Mm -hmm. in this legal Mm -hmm. scene. You just see some people like, what kind of character it is? Mm -hmm. But but now that I understand like childhood trauma and everything, I'm just like, I don't blame you guys as much, but get help.
1: Yes, exactly. See, trauma is not a, it's not an excuse. Yeah. It provides context. Yes. It provides context as to a person's behavior, as to how a person has adapted has had to adapt, right? Mm -hmm. Because the thing about our bodies, especially our brain, is that like when it's exposed to pain, it wants to keep us safe, right? So we're going to, it's going to adapt. It's going to find Find a way to, exactly. And some of those like adaptations, they're not not helpful. They're not helpful. They're not healthy, right? Mm -hmm. And you may not even know that they exist, but this is where community has to come in somebody should be able to say that, "Ah, bros, this behavior, it ain't it. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's not, it's not it. But the thing is that because again, our society, we're not really one that like pride, accountability and being able to like, you know, Checks and balances, mm-hmm. call people out. So, somebody may not even, you might, that's why you might see like a 50, 60 year old with bad behavior, and everybody has just been like, Yeah,
0: that's what I'm that I don't like that too. Very badly behave see anti- you in Do this I... industry. But I'm not going to call her name. <laughs> Please help. <laughs> I know going to call her Because if I call her name, I, she would destroy me. Even to, <laughs> <laughs> She's so full of it. And you know, I've, I've forgiven her. Yeah. Because even looking at my own background, I'm just like, there's a reason why this person in my family acts like this. Mm -hmm. It's the reason why this woman acts like this, Mm -hmm. right? But it's still not good. Like, it's still not okay for the rest of us to accept such behavior. But you can tell that this woman went through it.
1: Absolutely.
0: It's crazy.
1: So, like I said, like, trauma is not an excuse. It's context. Mm. Because even with something as controversial as, like, maybe somebody that, like, assaults people. Right. Right? You can... We can sometimes see mm. and find out that they experience the same assault be... exactly mm. right so they experience like childhood um bullying bullying childhood mm. abuse maybe it was sexual abuse mm. like emotional abuse right and so they're perpetrating and repeating the behavior that they've mm. experienced however it's not an excuse like it is context mm-hmm. but it's not or an excuse. excuse it's not an excuse for us to then accept that behavior as okay mm-hmm. because it's not, it's never okay to cause
0: harm mm-hmm. to people so we're going to talk about trauma a lot on this podcast because okay. I feel like as my favorite as thing is, to talk about <laughs> as as this is a, like, almost a, like an expose for what trauma and mental health really is also for me as well but mm-hmm. I, I, I want to also quickly understand the different types of mental health issues because people okay. only talk about depression mm-hmm. We're going to talk about depression, but I want to know the range. Mm-hmm. What are the other issues that are there that be beyond the very popular depression?
1: Yeah, there's a lot too. We right. have an entire, uh, we have something called the DSM, which is mm-hmm. like the Diagnostic Manual of um
0: just mental disorders. So a lot of people don't know that they have mental disorders. <laughs> I know at least I have one or two. So. <laughs> don't kill me. God, but Jesus has healed me. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um. So you've mentioned one depression, major depressive mm-hmm. disorder. And even under depression, there's different things. There's postpartum depression. Right. There is presi- PDD. There's persistent depressive disorder. Mm-hmm. There is um, PMDD that has to do with like um, ladies in our cycle. Um, yeah, like, you know, our cycle and the hormones just like yeah. messing us up. Um, but then also there's like anxiety as well, which is a and common one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there's generalized anxiety disorder. Under that, we have panic disorder, which is where somebody may be having frequent panic attacks. And um, we have social anxiety. That's another one that people like to... I developed that too.
0: No, it's not a joke. <laughs> okay. It's, it's, it's a thing. Really? We'll talk about it. It's a thing.
1: Really? That's interesting. Yeah. And you're in this industry. That's I interesting. I feel like I'm okay, but I'm not. Mm. So like you're sweaty and like on the I'm inside. Sweaty, so
0: like, i just, I can't breathe well. Like it's crazy. Mm. Like I'm good before I enter a space. Really? Yeah. That's
1: interesting. These okay. days. Okay. Um, so yeah, we have social anxiety. We have phobias as well. Mm. So like you know, phobias of heights, phobias of mm-hmm. flying, things like that. Um,
0: well, phobias we, are also like part of the disorder, like a disorder. Yes. Oh really? Yes. I thought it was a natural thing that came with different human beings.
1: No. So I mean, it, it is. But the thing about a mental disorder is it literally has to interfere with your daily functioning, right? So with phobias, if you're not able to, let's say you have a phobia of flying, right? Most people they can. Get around it and mm-hmm. stuff like that, but this one, if you have a diagnosed disorder, you can't get around it. If your job says you have to fly to Abuja, you're not getting on that
0: damn plane because it's like I and can't. And some people who like for the rest of us, like why can't you just fly? But some people who, if they fly, they will die. They they feel like they will die. <laughs> they
1: like they they feel like their world is gonna tumble. Right. And that is interfering with their daily functioning, because Mm -hmm. with the example of their job, sending them to Abuja, Mm -hmm. their job is at risk now if they don't, you know, get on that plane. Right. So phobia, another um, mental disorder that people like to throw around a lot is OCD. Obsessive compulsive disorder. It's just I can't like... stand the like <laughs> I have an OCD. Please get out. Uh, d- guys, please, let me talk to you if you feel. Yes. You don't want OCD. <laughs> like, you really don't because yeah. it's a serious mental disorder. Like, you feel like it's not just like, oh, I need to like, arrange mm, this like this.
0: Mm. If not. My manager always says, I, you know, I have OCD. I say, please. No,
1: please don't claim no, like...
0: I mean, he's <laughs> but, like, OCD?
1: No, so like OCD is like you feel like you have to engage in those compulsions mm. in order for you to feel fine. So, for example, if I had OCD, I would feel like I had to move this cup.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's aligned.
1: Exactly. Mm. In order for me to feel settled. But I may not even feel settled. So you see me fidgeting Constantly, the yeah. cup. Exactly. Right? And it's like, it's not because, oh, I want to arrange this pillow nicely that I now have OCD. No. It literally interferes with your daily function. So imagine if you're like, oh, Fumtau passed me the cup and I'm like,
0: So, it's deeper than just even wanting things to be proper.
1: Yes, position. it's deeper than that. It's going to affect my relationships. It's going to affect my um, work, right? It's going to affect my daily interactions. Again, in order for something to be a mental disorder, it has to affect right. our daily functioning.
0: Mm. Right? So... So half the people that in Lagos who think that it's so fancy They
1: don't have OCD what Guys, do have? you just like you just like things in a particular order like you're arranged that's fine like it's, it's okay it's okay to be neat it's okay
0: I have a friend that would say It's okay <laughs> I have a friend that would say Oh, my OCD My and <laughs> 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 Every time he does it I'm just like <laughs> In
1: room because you you're just saying like, which? It's which a room, because I
0: have time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my OCD will not allow me. I said, please rest. Because the people throw it around a lot. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and it's like, it's really, people that have OCD, like, it's it's really difficult for them to go a, a, around life in a normal way, right? Because they feel like they have to engage in those compulsions in order to reduce the anxiety that they what feel. What are uh, examples of those compulsions? So one would be with, like, just arranging things. things. <laughs> Another would be with, like, maybe, like, washing their hands, right? Yes. This is not even, like, COVID, mm. like, just washing their hands. Another one would be, like, maybe with, like, door handles, right? Right? Yeah. So I need to shut the door in a particular way or I need to do it um, a number of times. There's a lot of repetition mm. that goes into it because it's like, I need to, that repetition is going to give me like comfort. It's going to ease the anxiety yeah. or the unsettledness that I feel, but it usually doesn't. doesn't. So how do they live with that? <sighs> Therapy. Drugs? Some people have to get on medication too. Yeah.
0: It's really difficult. I think people in Lagos who experience this and Nigeria generally.
1: I'm sure
0: there are. I'm sure there are. I mean, going back to the question, <gasps> because because mm-hmm. let, me, let me tell you something, right? Mm-hmm. As I said, like mental health is a new concept for us in Nigeria. Right. Maybe other parts of the world, yes, yeah. right? And obviously, the people who have been living like this, who they've been termed something else,
1: mm-hmm.
0: witchcraft, yeah, crazy, yeah, different things. So, so like. Now that we now know that these things exist, mm-hmm. are there a lot? What is the demography of people who are living with mental health so Like, are there numbers? Are there actual numbers that show that this is what people are going through?
1: Yeah, yeah, there are. So in Nigeria, I'm not sure what the exact numbers are because that's another thing we don't mm. have a lot of research. Right. But with um, the WHO, with the World Health Organization, I think the last time I looked at it, I believe it was like one in eight people in the world have. Um, have some form of mental disorder, mm-hmm. right? I think it was like nine hundred and seventy eight million people out of the seven or eight million that lagos have it it mm. probably is more because you have to consider like places where they don't do a lot of research, right. right? Let's even forget Lagos. Your village in you worry who is going to be asking the oh, the they, chief or the grandmother really the
0: that- for the <laughs> no, no, they not it Do you crazy. understand? Like mm.
1: who where is the the stats is not going to may not extend yeah. to them, yeah. right? Yeah. So whatever, that one in AIDS, 970 something billion a million people rather, mm-hmm. it may not be completely inclusive of like, you know, more remote and like raw areas. Um another mental disorder that is I, I it's not I don't want to say it's common, but schizophrenia, right? And um that's what people tend to term as like, oh, this person has gone mad. It is yawery. You know, the person that's on the streets and stuff like that, right? Well, oh, that's what it's originally called. So with with people that are on the street, I mean, there might be different things, right? right? But we, if we look at it, I wouldn't be surprised if like some people have
0: schizophrenia. How does, how does it show up? And I've heard about it. I know mm-hmm. what it is, but give me an example of, of a situation that some, somebody becomes schizophrenic. That's the yeah. word, right?
1: Yeah. Or oh, if someone has a case, schizophrenic breakdown mm-hmm. and stuff. Okay. Sorry, can we pause? Okay. <laughs> hey, I want to I look what? it up. I want to you... Yeah! Me- <laughs> Therapy, I want to give you the right information.
0: If you want to explain to a layman what schizophrenia mm-hmm. is, how would you explain it to them? Mm.
1: So I would explain it as a breakdown between thoughts, emotion, and reality. Mm -hmm. Right. That was good, huh? (laughs) I love it. So if we look at those three, Mm -hmm. like domains, Mm -hmm. our thoughts, our emotions, and our reality, they usually are supposed to work in alignment, right? So you may have a thought about something, and then there's an emotion that's evoked. And then that determines how you then navigate the space, Mm -hmm. Right. So with schizophrenia, there's a breakdown in that, which then leads to faulty perceptions. So there can be things like paranoia. So you may have a thought that Temisan is going to kill me. Or actually, Temisan has put, this tin is not tin. There's poison inside. Right? So that's the thought. Then what's the emotion that's evoked? I'm going to be scared. Mm-hmm. Right? And then what is my response? A exactly. I got to care for myself so I'm not going to drink this tea there's no poison in the tea, no. <laughs> Yeah, you know I'm just... no, but you know so then that would then affect how I'm going to interact with the space how right. I'm going to interact with the world and then imagine having thoughts like that constantly right so that is essentially
0: what schizophrenia is so when when people are in the psych world and they're acting out mm-hmm. To them, in their own world, this is what the reality is. Exactly. But to the rest of us, it's like, this one is
1: crazy. Exactly.
0: <laughs> it's crazy, so but yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. So then imagine, like, somebody who has a job, right, that is a high-level executive, and then they start, have, they start having these thoughts. Obviously, it's going to show up in their work. Maybe they stop going to work, or maybe they um come to work like looking haggard because their gatesman is coming for them and they are running away from their gatesman. Do you understand? That is then going to affect like their job. Maybe mm-hmm. they'll get fired, mm-hmm. right? And then before you know it, they might be on the streets or like depending on like, you know, the care that is mm-hmm. around them. Right? So what causes
0: his thoughts? <sighs>
1: So it can be a variety of different things. It can Mm -hmm. be like as a result of like a a breakdown. So sometimes this breakdown may seem random, like it might be like genetically influenced. So if there is a history of that in your family, Mm -hmm. um, it can also be stress induced, right? So maybe like somebody goes through a very traumatic situation, Mm -hmm. a very stressful situation, Mm -hmm. and maybe their brain is trying to, like, protect them Mm -hmm. from pain, Mm -hmm. right? It might then be like, okay, stay away from this person because this person is going to cause you pain, Mm -hmm. right? So it can be a variety of different things. The environment, being stressful, Mm -hmm. um, not taking care of yourself, things like that.
0: But is this something that can go away with proper... Therapy and medication.
1: Exactly. So this is one of those situations where talk therapy would not suffice. We would need medication um, because we would have to introduce like just um, the right like chemicals and stuff like that. So the chemicals exactly that already exist in our brain, just balancing it. So a good combination would be both talk therapy and, Mm. um, you know, um, medication.
0: So if you honestly had the facilities for all of this, a lot of people would not run mad. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, lots of people who go crazy just because even the people that are supposed to take care of them and administer like
1: They're um, not going to. They're like they're not one we are just
0: <laughs> because let me say what my issue is. Tell me. Where I'm from, one you don't run. I don't run. That's, That's it. Don't go.
1: Yes, now, yes, now. And the thing is that, like, we don't have the facilities. We don't have the facilities in like the physical space, but even just like the the labor or talent, if you want to call it, it's like the the doctors yeah. that are, are required, there are not a lot of psychiatrists in Nigeria. I think the <laughs> I think the last time I saw a stat, it was something like one in. 200 or something like that. Or maybe it was like 200 in the entire nation. And this can be something like, they're yeah, no, not everybody's practicing. Yes. Some people are professors. Teaching. Exactly.
0: Right. A bunch of people who come as an not too big psychiatrists.
1: Exactly. So yeah, we're, it's like very, it's...
0: The it was not even enough to carry all the crazy... Cra-
1: Instability.
0: Instability. I'm so sorry. I hope <laughs> they don't cancel me because I think these words are very. I should be more sensitive. With, we should all be sensitive. Oh God, I'm yeah. so sorry. No, it's please, okay. We're please, learning. Please don't cancel. Me. <laughs> uh, but you know, one word that gets thrown around so much is depression. Mm. All the Zs are depressed. Everybody's depressed <laughs> in Lagos. Uh, if you send if you send them to work, I'm depressed. If they of... if they, have, if they're Fucking up at their jobs <laughs> and it's their yeah, fault. Oh my god, I'm depressed. <laughs> Even my my producer has said so every time. i trust she's probably depressed right now.
1: Wow. Yeah. Okay, she's never said that because her,
0: but half the time she looks like she doesn't want to fuck with me. Like get out. She actually <laughs> does look very but, serious. Yeah. She's like, Sorry enough, I can't tell you to your face, but you should stop fucking, stop talking to me. <laughs> and it's so crazy. And my issue with the people that always claim that they're depressed is that the actual people who really need the help. Yes. The actual people who really need to be seen, who Mm -hmm. need to be heard. Mm -hmm. They've overshadowed them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So can we understand what depression really is and what's the difference between being depressed and sad? Mm Because there's
1: that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So if we're looking at clinical depression, Mm -hmm. right? Clinical depression is a clinical disorder that is marked by persistent low moods. And it usually interferes with daily functioning, like I've said. So loss of interest in activities, loss of um, like pleasure, not being able to just do things that once brought you pleasure, right? And the thing with, um, and I can get into like some of the symptoms, but in order for somebody to be diagnosed with clinical depression, they have to be exhibiting five out of eight symptoms for two weeks consistently. Really? Yes. For two weeks consistently. With me as a therapist, even if somebody is has met criteria for depression, like just off the bat. Just off that I don't because I want to get more context. Mm-hmm. You know, like did you just lose a loved one? Mm-hmm. If you're exhibiting some of those symptoms, that is a healthy reaction, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like you've lost a loved yeah. one. Right. But some of those symptoms are loss of interest in activities. Um, so changes to your sleep, whether that's like sleeping more, sleeping less, mm-hmm. um, persistent sadness, mm-hmm. low moods, mm-hmm. constant crying, irritability, mm-hmm. um, changes in your behavior, in your um feeding behavior. So whether that's like eating more, eating less, mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, lots of interesting activities, like I said, you know, changes to like your sex drive, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, these things have to be present for two weeks and they have to interfere with your daily functioning changes to your hygiene, for example. Right. Somebody may not be bathing as much. Mm -hmm. They may not be caring for themselves. Mm -hmm. Right. And you can see how like having those symptoms persistently for two weeks would clearly Sure. Affect, exactly, it will show and it will affect your daily functioning, right? Because if you've lost interest in activities, you're going to have a hard time going to work. Right?
0: Even engaging your
1: friends. Exactly. Or even picking up your calls or something, right?
0: That's interesting because I have like some of those symptoms. So, But then that's the thing though, like... Oh, I went through some of those symptoms before Jesus found me. (laughs) (laughs) Glory. Yeah, but like...
1: But that's the thing, like having some of those symptoms, having some of those experiences doesn't mean that you then meet the criteria, you, the criteria exactly, so. or that you now have depression. I've had those
0: symptoms too. But for, so, so from last year up mm-hmm. until sometime this year,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I didn't like my job. Okay, I didn't want to do TBT pod. In fact, that's why I didn't come back until like four months after mm. I was interested in getting bookings. Every day was just like, let me just get through today. Mm-hmm. Fast forwarding to like now, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just like, was I depressed? Mm-hmm. Because there's so many things that I, I didn't want to do. Even now, I'm just beginning to get back into myself, like the things that I like. Yeah. Is that a is that long-term sadness or is it was borderline depression?
1: I mean. So it it could have been depression. You could have experienced a depressed. See, yeah, lies the issue. <laughs>
0: Should we call pastor? <laughs> <laughs> I, swear. I swear. Okay, guess what? What, what I did when I, when I was like that? Why? I went to church. <laughs> I said, God, maybe I've left you for too long.
1: <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, maybe there were other factors that were going on, right? Maybe you were just unsatisfied with your career. Exactly. I, and maybe you were burnt out, timmy time Oh,
0: that's the word. <laughs> so there's also a difference between being burnt out and being depressed. Yes. I was it, exhausted uh, in my soul.
1: Exactly. If you're exhausted in your soul, how are you going to wake
0: up and and say, well, all right, so let's go and do tea with Tay. No, but the truth is that I've always thrived on the fact that, you know, I can be many things. I mm-hmm. can be sad. I can, but when it comes to my career,
1: mm. I'm alive. At some point, your body's just like, you got to chill. If you don't chill, I'm going to make you chill. Really? But
0: <laughs> I chilled for too long. <laughs> Are you sure? Look, let me give you context, right? <laughs> the only time I worked was mm-hmm. when my management needed me to work. So, off the top of my head, I would not not naturally just get out of my bed for anything.
1: So, but then you responded to your management needing you to work. Right. If you had a clinical disorder, damn management. Let's management be calling you. "Mm -hmm, You're not moving. Are you serious? You're
0: not moving. You are not. Where are you going? But one of the things that I struggle with, like mentally, I'd I'd already. So, I was there, but I wasn't present.
1: Mm, Like you were disassociating.
0: Yeah, like, I, I, a like you like know, I, I wasn't excited for, like, usually when I'm coming to work, when I'm coming to do, I'm, I'm just always very like, oh, yeah, this is my thing. Let's do it. Even if this is a system I already have. Yeah. Like, I'm always looking forward to something else, right? Mm-hmm. For, for most of last December, all those trips I was taking, like, I was losing it. Mm. Like, I literally just wanted to breathe. Mm. So I don't know if it was a meltdown, if I was, I don't know. Yeah. Because the pressure would have been extreme, right?
1: I mean, like, if you had depression,
0: like I would have been, it would have been more extreme. I mean,
1: it could have been like so. I mean, but then some people may have like high functioning depression, right? In that, that like, they're able to. You see how you were still able to travel and some mm-hmm. of those things. You were still able to do it, mm-hmm. right? So it's almost like you you put on a mask, mm-hmm. right? Because it's like you got to do what you got to do. Um, but on the inside, you're not feeling good. You're not present, right? So you're still able to function mm. in the ways that, like, you need to. Um, but, Tammy san like, I'm hearing more of burnout, too. Okay, and so, like, so
0: what most of us have on is satisfaction. Satisfaction. You can be burnt out. You can be burnt How out. How long can you be burnt out for? Uh, there's no... There's no... I, I, so now that you're saying it, makes sense that I was probably burnt out. Because yeah. I've been working for a long time. Yeah. My career was taking a toll on me. Yes. Um, For the first time, I was handling more than I... Would usually handle mm. right, and I just feel like I didn't have the resources to hold me up, mm. like the right people to speak to. You know, because I was, you know, I can be in this in a sea of my friends, but I feel so alone. I'm, I'm. Everything's happening internally. Mm.
1: Mm. So you didn't really have, like, although you had community, you weren't really getting yes. community support.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah. So that's not depression. No, it could be mm. right,
1: but. From what you've described, it sounds like you were burnt out. If you're saying you were exhausted, mm-hmm. that is, that might be burnout, right? And But, you know, it's also possible to experience some of these depressive symptoms, but not have clinical depression. Right. So I'll use myself as an example. After I finished my master's, so I finished my master's um, 2019, December. 2020, COVID now. So before lockdown, March 2020, I didn't have, um, I was having a hard time, you know, just like finding what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Right. So I was like applying and things like that. Right. Um, and then when lockdown happened, I was like, ah, great! you could come and join me. Me, I've been sitting in the house already. So come mm-hmm. and do what I've yeah. been doing. Right. But then there was a period where I was, finding it hard to motivate myself. I couldn't get out of bed. I got out of bed to do two things, to pee right. and to eat. And I'm returning back to that bed. That I girl. gained... Girl, I gained...
0: I was at my biggest... I had depression with that.
1: I saw a picture yeah. of myself and I was like, damn. I saw life. a picture
0: of myself on Nancy Simen's show. I was like, Who is this? I don't know this boy.
1: <laughs> like I gained weight. I was crying a lot. Um, my self-esteem was in the gutter.
0: The last self-esteem, eh? let talk about last <laughs> self-esteem, eh? In the mud.
1: It was in the trash, like at the bottom. Um, and I then asked myself, I was like, "Wait, Fumta. when did? How did you get are here? Are you experiencing depression right now?" And shout out to my therapist. I had my therapist at oh, the you time. Oh, therapist? Ah, uh, yes, now. Doctor get doctor
0: now. <laughs> you need that more because all this is really here. Do you
1: understand? Do oh, not wow. understand? So I was seeing my therapist at the time and I was telling her, and it was just like, yeah, like you are having a depressive, um, you're experiencing depressive symptoms, right? But if I looked at it, it wasn't consistent for two weeks, right? And even if it was, Right. There were some days where like it was brighter. Mm-hmm. I was still able to like motivate my day myself on some days. Right. Like that was in my lived reality for the entire mm-hmm. two weeks. Right. And that was a normal reaction because guess what? I had just I was having a difficult time finding a job. Right. Is enough to make somebody experience some of those symptoms Mm -hmm. now when you're trying to figure out like your life, life, what's Mm -hmm. next and stuff like that. And another thing was I was in America at the time and um, I would notice that whenever it was winter, I would, my mood was in the gutter. Mm -hmm. And it was my um, therapist that also pointed out that there's something called seasonal affective disorder right so your mood changes with the winter mm. and that was also around winter too right so it's like right.
0: ah, it reached to it's all of these things
1: you know but mm. it doesn't mean that like I had a clinical diagnosis of depression it was just that my circumstances I was reacting to, some, to my circumstances and those reactions Happen to mirror those symptoms of depression. How do
0: you snap out of it? Let's talk about snapping out of that depressive state.
1: Yeah. So it's. There's something called like opposite action. Right? So if like in that depressive state. You want to just lie down in bed. How about for like five minutes. You just sit up. You sit up in bed. Right? That doesn't sound overwhelming. Right? Because if I tell you. Okay, no, get out of bed, jump Mm. up and down. That's not going to sound, you know, like doable. Do you understand? It's going Mm -hmm. to sound like that might even make you feel even more depressed. Like, I can't do this. So, just opposite action, and you can break it down into small steps. Mm. All right, for five minutes, I'm going to sit up on the bed. And then you see that after you sit up, then if somebody tells you that, okay, maybe let's sit on the couch, right? That doesn't seem as overwhelming. Mm-hmm. So it's just doing the opposite of what um, like you know, what the depression might be telling you to do, mm. but in like small baby Doses, steps, yeah. right? Maybe it's opening up the windows. Because guess what? I had my blinds closed. I didn't want to see no sunlight. Mm. <laughs> you know, maybe it's opening up the windows. Maybe it's eating less.
0: Because <laughs> I ate too.
1: Maybe it's eating healthier meals.
0: Okay, healthier
1: meals. Yeah. (laughs) Or maybe it's like stepping outside. I didn't want to be seen. But that's the thing, said I didn't say go somewhere. I said step outside. Step outside. You can have stepped in front of your door. Right. So just small actions that would... Exactly. If you had a balcony, you could have gone on your balcony. Mm. But guess what? Sun has touched your body. You've breathed in Mm. fresh air. It's no longer AC, recycled Mm. air.
0: Right. And that just does something. So this is a awesome. gradual process for you to get out of that mental space.
1: Absolutely. Mm. But the thing is that like, we're not always patient. Mm. And that can be even with us as people or the us as people experiencing it. Or like us supporting people experiencing it. Right. So this is a tip for you. If you have a friend or a loved one that is experiencing some of those things, baby steps. Maybe you can help them with like bringing food to their house or even offering to clean their house for Mm. them or maybe it's like ah you tell them walk me to the car now like I just came to see you
0: just walk me to the car Well, a lot of people don't even tell when their friends are going through a phase like that because a lot of my friends couldn't tell they always just so I had a friend who always used to fight me because I was not present I was not available Mm. and now with benefits of hindsight I'm just like I needed something more than like I couldn't show up for you guys because this was where I was, but I could yeah. also tell you guys because I've always been strong. Mm.
1: So, like, mm. you see, that's what you just said. I've always been strong. Oh, I've always that's been strong. No, that's therein lies our issue. We have an issue with vulnerability.
0: We're going to talk about vulnerability, okay. but I need to let us let us finish this <laughs> depression talks. <So>, <laughs> let us finish depression. Let's let's soak it right. <laughs> so, but if someone was clinically diagnosed as depressed, right? Mm-hmm. What are the steps to getting out of that depression?
1: Yeah, so it's um, so okay, if I had a client or clients that I've worked with that you know have depression, mm. um, we're developing a toolbox, right? So I'm helping them to recognize when they're in that state, right? So maybe it's that they start seeing that ah, I'm not sleeping as well, or ah, I'm sleeping too much, right? So that you can start to recognize that okay, something is mm-hmm. something is shifting. Mm-hmm. So we're recognizing first. We're coming up with coping tools, mm-hmm. right? And so I just gave some examples, yeah. some of those things. Um, but then also we are taking things one step at a time. Mm-hmm. If I feel as though like medication may be needed, I would suggest that, right? Mm-hmm. And some some people, you know, they do need medication, mm-hmm. right? Um, we are. Doing things like maybe interacting more with people, but on a slower and sustainable, um, in a slower and sustainable pace. Mm-hmm. We are doing things like increasing physical activity. And physical activity doesn't mean that we're not going to the gym. Mm-hmm. It just means that, okay, maybe we're going to walk in the compound, mm-hmm. right? Um, we're doing things like that. And consistency consistency is the name yeah, of the game man yeah, yeah. because all these things that i have said you can do it for one day and it's just like this is trash yes, it doesn't make any damn yes. sense right but if you consistently do it for a number of time right you would find that like your mood would start True. lifting it would start changing for the better
0: so can people get out of depression without help or by just doing it by themselves like these <clears> these things without therapy yeah
1: It's possible, right?
0: But they have to literally do things.
1: Yes, they have to do things. They have to do things and they have to have like community support, Mm. right? Because one thing that when we're depressed, right? So if you're in a depressive state, motivation goes, is in the gutter. It's in the freaking gutter. So imagine now having to Okay, now I've given you all these tips. Imagine you now having to now start doing it on yes, your so. own. Versus if you know that, okay, I have a therapy session mm-hmm. once a week. Fumto is going to ask me, how far? How was last week? Were you able to practice some of those mm-hmm. things that we spoke about? Mm-hmm. Even if it's not Fumto, maybe it's my friend mm-hmm. that, is to, that is going to check on me mm-hmm. and say, you know, what's up? Have you gone outside today? And things like that. So it is possible. Um, but I would say like it depends. It depends on what is a contributing factor mm-hmm. to the depression. Because some people, I mean, bring self-esteem up again. It is that self-esteem. It's in the gutter. Like yeah. where we have all these negative perceptions about mm-hmm. ourselves. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's a constant vicious cycle. Right. That is just playing in your head about yourself. And you're one
0: that it sees it and hears it.
1: Exactly. So how are you now supposed to motivate yourself, my sister? To open the window mm-hmm. when the voice is telling you, you, "See, you small window, you can't even from my sister." <laughs> I've
0: been <dead. laughs> there. You know what, what's also interesting, right? It's how you can be in a depressive state to the point where you can take your life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, because you know one day, I don't know if I should share this. Because one day I was driving and you know. Mm. And this was in the heat of like my Temisa yeah. entering town and yeah. you know, getting popular. You know, something just whispered to me that you know, you know, if if God takes you today, right, you've done it, you've done your like you've you've done it. Yeah. And I said, Holy Spirit, kind of, evil thought is this, I rebuke it. <laughs> I rebuke it. But for the first time, it made sense mm-hmm. why people who are depressed can take their own lives because yeah. you're in your own world, mm-hmm. right? So how bad can you get that? the person would consider just ending it.
1: Man. It can get really bad that some of like those symptoms that I've spoken about is literally your only reality. reality. And it's just like, I'm I need tired. an out. I need an out to just stop the pain. I need an out to... Get relief. Mm. I need something. Mm. Right? I need an out. And it can get, it can get that bad. Right? That it's just like, I just, I just want an escape. And oftentimes, you know, something that's very insensitive that people would say is that like, oh, suicide is like selfish and yeah. stuff like that. Like, don't they think about like Literally, other people? Yeah. Sometimes, People that have had like suicidal thoughts, they think the negative thoughts are on 100 that they think that they are doing a, their family a favor yeah. by no longer existing.
0: That must be crazy.
1: Yeah, like it's it's really difficult. It's really difficult to to for you to feel like the lives of other people will be better if you're not there. So... It's not that you're being selfish in that like you're not thinking about mm-hmm. other people. You're just thinking like, about other people but just like
0: in the reverse. Like a, let me just go through that. Your can
1: Exactly. Wow. Yeah.
0: You know, another word that's thrown around is anxiety. I use mm-hmm. it a lot. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I haven't liked to think that I've developed social anxiety. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> helping mm-hmm. me understand what anxiety is and also social anxiety as well.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, you know, anxiety gets thrown around a lot because like it is an emotion. Right. right, it's As an emotion. State. Yes, but when you have an anxiety disorder, right, you remain in that state. So, having an anxiety disorder is um, just remaining in that state of real or perceived fear or danger. So, therefore, you have to respond accordingly, right? But with anxiety being an emotion there are things that would provoke said emotion, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. for example, if you're doing something new for the first time, it's not abnormal to feel anxiety.
0: Oh, I'm always anxious about it, everything it, new. Yeah, that's that. But you're so funny. Like, I've been recording this podcast for the longest time and I still have some level of... That, what I call it? Anxiety. I'm so tell anxious me. about how it's going to go. Okay. I'm already thinking about the the end. Mm-hmm. before, like, from, from the beginning. Yeah. Like, and some of my best episodes are the ones that I didn't expect so much.
1: Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, the ones where you, like, were more settled?
0: Yeah. So, the ones that I expect, like, you know, this is going to be a big guest, it's going to do the numbers, you know, probably doesn't. <laughs> it's the ones I'm so anxious about, The like, hey, God, oh my God, what's going to happen? Yeah. You come out well. But then yeah. again, it doesn't take away the feeling. Like, it's always a fear of, oh my God, what's going to happen? I'm always scared of a lot of things. Mm. Yeah. And recently I realized that, you know, when I'm out in some public spaces, mm-hmm. I'm always looking over my shoulder. Like, I know they are watching, uh, watching me and are they're talking about me, mm. which before I never used to have an issue. In fact, I used to run towards it. I used to embrace it. I loved the attention. Mm. But over time, I just realized that I, you know, even when I'm out, I'm just, I'm just like, make how they go to my house.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that can be social anxiety, mm-hmm. right, that shows up in like social spaces, right, Right. where you just feel unsettled, you feel anxious, you know, you're having some of those like physical symptoms of anxiety, your palms are sweaty, your stomach is doing, mm. it's just turning on its own. Mm. You know, um, you're having like intrusive thoughts. I feel like my chest is tight. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You find it hard to breathe, right? Um, so that that can be social anxiety, right? Mm. Like just being exposed to a gathering of sorts or like mm. a um, a space, right? Mm. So it's a social event, right? And the thought of that like evokes like those feelings of anxiety. Um, but I'm curious though. So you said before you used to run towards the attention and now it's like, oh, they're constantly talking about me. Was there something bad that happened?
0: You know, I think it's a combination of different events Mm. from far back as, you know, even just being a child, even growing up, acceptance, Mm -hmm. you know, validation. Mm. I've said, well, you just like, you know, do you really like me? Do you just like the work? Do you like the work? Or like, how do I balance who I am and the work that I do yes you know like Mm -hmm. I thought you really want to be liked for the things that you you do but you face some level of backlash and conflict and vitriol that you just want to be you just want to hide Mm. and let the work just be there
1: Mm. yeah you know Mm -hmm. I I empathize with you people that are in the...
0: Public space. Yes, man.
1: Because it can be, especially in like creative space, right? It can be hard to distinguish between yourself Mm -hmm. and yourself as the creative. Right. And if you only exist in spaces where Timmy-san, the person, or Timmy-san, the influencer, the podcaster, the media person, is only showing up, that doesn't leave room for... Timisan. Timisan, the person, you know, and it's like, if we take away your job, you mm. are still Timisan. Mm-hmm. Who you are can be dependent, should not be solely dependent on what you do. Right. So I, I really feel for you guys, especially like when you get things like validation, validation feels good. We all yeah. want to feel validated. Yeah. We, so, we
0: don't have it. Exactly.
1: Awareness. But if you are now getting it on a on an extreme skill. The average person, when I post on Instagram, I'm not getting ten thousand comments now. Maybe I'll get my ten comments from mm. my siblings and my friends. And mm. you go, girl, mm-hmm. you know. And the lack of that doesn't now mean that oh, I'm not, I'm not fine, or down. exactly, I'm not from to or I'm not hot, mm. right? But if you are at, if you are in a space where you are, con- you are constantly exposed to that validation, and then once it's now like a slight. Change is like you're perturbed. Ah! <laughs> perturbed. Well, yeah, sure. hear that. <laughs> oh my god.
0: That's like Queen's English. You just speak for their own. <laughs> so what? Then, like, how do you deal with that? Because also, like, I find myself, you know, happier in smaller spaces. Yeah, I feel safer in my podcast room. I know everybody here. <laughs> yes, you know.
1: Yeah,
0: you know. I feel and I'm, this is the first time I'm saying it, I feel like one of the reasons why I don't even take hosting is hosting gigs as much is because, you know, just, stand, I'm naturally shy, mm. right? My, my fault is when I'm in, when I stand in front of my camera mm. and I can talk from now to tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But when, like, when I, when you put me in front crowd of people who, and people assume that I would naturally just be an extrovert, I shut down. Mm-hmm. the mental, prepping that it takes me to host an event Mm. you have I start praying from maybe the week before (laughs) that God sorts this out yeah and I'm sure after you're exhausted I'd be guess what halfway into it I I I get into it Mm. but the amount of hard work that it takes me to get into that middle Mm -hmm. to say you know what the event's already going on Mm -hmm. okay we can have a good time Mm -hmm. it takes a while like Mm -hmm. it takes a lot of Jesus please save me (laughs) God And, and and Mm. I thought, you know, a few years into this hustle, they would have gone away, but then... It's still there.
1: mm. Yeah. You know, sometimes anxiety remains, right? And this is where we then have to, like, a coping tool or skill Mm. is, like, just look at the evidence, right? So Mm. if you're feeling nervous before a hosting gig, let's look at the other hosting gigs that you've Mm. done you felt nervous, Mm -hmm. and yet you delivered. Mm. So chances are, uh, the chances are that you might be feeling nervous Mm -hmm. and there is a track record that you still deliver
0: nonetheless. So that will help me.
1: So that can help like just, uh, it's just like presenting data to yourself that, Mm -hmm. okay, yes, I'm feeling nervous, right? Because it is something, it's it's something that takes you out of your comfort zone, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think that even if, As regular people, right, in our day-to-day lives, I don't think that we're really designed to be in front of big crowds like that. Even if it's your profession and Mm -hmm. your career, it's not something that you do on a normal day-to-day thing. So it's a little, it's not, um, it's no surprise that there Mm -hmm. will still be that feeling Mm -hmm. of like, you know, slight panic or Mm -hmm. slight anxiety rather. And this is where you then have to remind yourself that, okay, okay, you know what, I'm feeling anxious and yet I know that I'm going to do this. I know that I'm going to do well at this because there's evidence to show that I'm going to, that I've done well at this well, before.
0: That's a good way to look at it though.
1: Yeah, self-talk is really... It's very important. Right? Very real. And it's not for me. I aspire to perspire. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but know? I also realized that, you know, there's a time I, I used to consume lots of positive, you know... Content mm-hmm. from motivational books mm-hmm. to even the speakers. I used to listen to a lot of Brene Brown. Mm, shout out. I like yeah, her. I love her. But I realized that the, the absence of that, I started changing. Like mm. the things that used to worry me increased. Mm. You know, because <laughs> you know, a lot of people think that motivational talk and um, self help is just about that. Mm. But if you think about it, Your brain doesn't know the difference between your brain takes in what you give it, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. So if it's considered in a positive loop, Mm -hmm, right, mm -hmm. your body and everything aligns. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But if it's not. Yeah. So I feel like I focused a lot on the negative Uh,
1: talk.
0: Ah, okay. I focused a lot on the. I would literally go and read my comments. Ah. I would literally. I think I'd soaked in so much negative comments mm. about me and what I represent that mm. you know whenever I was about to do something new or um whenever new opportunity presented itself I I could probably self-sabotage. I could I would just like now nah, you know they do this one. Yeah. You they don't tell this, 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 that. Mm. So I think I feel like everybody in my industry needs a therapist.
1: Oh, <laughs> In your industry and beyond, everybody needs a therapist,
0: know. man. We are, it was like our front line, we're in the front line mm. of, like, people get trolled every day. Yeah, you know, On Twitter, random, yeah. Like, you know, when you post a picture. Yeah. But there's a certain sects in my industry that if they blink, they're going to insult them. Mm-hmm. If they do anything, I always ask my friend, I'm like, how do you get by? Like, because this morning when they do me like this, I'm literally in my bed for three days and I'm not coming out.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody needs to be grounded. We all need that, like, anchor that mm. we can return to, mm. right? So we all need that,
0: what? We're getting the let's <laughs> go.
1: We all need that, like, uh, anchor that we can return to that doesn't, mm. like, wave, that doesn't change, yeah. right? For some people, it's their values. Some mm-hmm. people, it's what they believe about their, themselves. Some mm-hmm. people, it's their faith, right? But we need something. And people in your industry, you guys need it even more, right? Because a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of your self-worth and your esteem is tied to how people perceive you, right? right? Which is why, you know, what I said about the validation being on like a constant high, Mm -hmm. the criticism is on a constant high too. Mm -hmm. But for somebody like me, where I'm not... A celebrity. I'm not popular or anything like that. If somebody, I don't know, if somebody were to be like become critical of me, right? Sure, yes, I may have a reaction, mm-hmm. right? But it's not going to it's not going to change how I view myself completely, right? Mm-hmm. It might disturb me for a a, a while, mm-hmm. right? But it's not going to ultimately change who I am, mm-hmm. and that's because of work that I've done, know. That's because of my own therapy mm-hmm. and just working through my own like self-esteem issues mm-hmm. where I'm able to tease apart that, okay, you know what, Fumto the therapist is different than than Fumto, period, right? But in your industry with like celebrities and stuff, it's like you lose, you lose sight of who you are, mm-hmm. right? Your circle changes. There are people that no longer know you as T-E-M-I mm. they know you as T-E-M-I, T-E-M-I. T-E-M-I. <laughs> <laughs> upgrade yeah, though do, do, do upgrade the
0: problems do, though. do you
1: understand but you need the people that know you as T-E-M-I to be able to say come this guy what you're doing yeah. it's not
0: it's not you mm. right we need people I hung out with some of my old friends recently it was the most wholesome thing I'd done in a minute mm. I'm like, I need to replicate this. Yeah. Because, you know, I, you get so caught up in. I mean, you lose friends along the way, right? But Of course. You know, you just need that, you know, that thing where you just need to relax and be, we, say, be sad. We are friends you be idiots. Mm-hmm. I was like, you don't know why I be. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of energy. Like it was so good. We, we did a lot of things that, you know, I used to do back in the day. For the longest time, I would not done those things. Mm. And, I think my brain remembers the first time, and this was the thing. These were the things that used to make you happy.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And in in chasing the bag,
0: oh, girl, you can forget. You become a brand new, brand new, and your brain is just like, "What's going on?" You oh. my brain. I feel like my brain is like, "What the fuck do you really think you are right now? <laughs> Who is this Tami but, but, but side?" But then again, like, I didn't change so much. Mm. I just. I knew that I chased my currency points where I let go of some things that made me, that were very, like integral to my being. Mm. And I'm only picking them back up. But mm-hmm. I don't think that I really changed that much. Mm.
1: Mm. Yeah, but it sounds like your career became very
0: infused to who
1: you are. Like
0: everything. That's another
1: thing. That's why you were burnt ask, out.
0: Right? Some of us don't even know who we are mm-hmm. outside of our careers or yeah. our families. Yeah. How are we able to separate who we are? Tr- I don't even know who I truly am away from this brand that I built. Yeah. I know that I'm somebody's grandchild, somebody's son, <laughs> I'm loving and this, that, that. But I feel like I've all also brought all of those elements into my career. Mm. There's no way that, like anybody who knows me knows my grandma. It's part of my life, mm. knows what I like. Some parts of my life I've not let into like public the public space. But then right. again, I think everything just intertwines. So how do we separate? The lines are blurred. Like, how do yeah. you separate? T-E-M-I-S-A-N yes T-A-Y-M-E-S-A-N.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Again, it goes back to people, Mm -hmm. right? And also like reminding yourself, right? That T-A-Y-T is not really who Timmy san from Worry is. Mm. Even though that's become a part of the brand and like, you know, just how you present like, at the end of the day, even though we know your grandma, mm-hmm. we don't we know what you've presented to us, right? Mm-hmm. Your grandma knows things about you that we would never know, right? And vice versa. Mm-hmm. So it's being able to still exist in those spaces, right? And it's like who you are at your core. Again, it needs to be that like grounded anchor that if we strip away mm-hmm. all those other things, amoya. You're yeah. still sturdy, you yeah. know, like yeah. you're not, you're not, you're not shaking, mm. right? So, and it's it's very tricky to do, especially because, like, again, in an industry like yours where there's a ton of validation. Validation feels good. Everyone wants to feel good. Everyone wants to know that ah, I killed it at this hosting gig. Even me after a session, when I get feedback that ah, that was a good session. Mm. Like, yes, girl, I love it. I am that therapist. <gasps> thank you very much. Mm. <laughs> but it's like. When I leave the office, right, and I go to my sister's house, mm. she's not interacting with himself, oh, the therapist. Right. She's calling me out like, Come, you do not do this thing that you mm-hmm. were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Or like, come, this way that you're acting is no, not right. do you understand? Like we I still have those spaces and we all need those spaces. We need people. We can't live life in isolation. Right, and unfortunately, what tends to happen in industry like yours is that, yes, we're surrounded with people, Who but isolated. exactly,
0: we're alone. Exactly, mm. exactly. How how important is faith in becoming anchored? Because I feel like, and and and, I, we always end up going to church in this podcast, Hallelujah. but I feel one of the things that really helped me. Not to run mad, because mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I tell people, my friends don't even believe that. I was, I'm literally about to lose it. Mm. Like every now and then, I post on my stories that, like, God, if you didn't, if you didn't sort me out, mm-hmm. I would have probably been checked into an institution. Mm. There were spells. There were times when I would have like days in my house. I would sit down and I can't think for three days straight. Mm. Just all the negatives.
1: Yeah,
0: and you know the only. And it got to the point where I'm like, God, I'm, I'm losing it. Like, there were times where I could not sleep if I wasn't putting on, like, TDJX. Mm. Because it was the only word that could get me to just relax. Because my brain was in the YDX. Like, I was in multi- multiple places. Yeah. So, for some people who don't even believe God, mm-hmm. right? You have to believe in something yeah. that's bigger than you. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like that's the only thing that's readdressing my identity. Mm. Mm. I feel like that's the only thing that's correcting that... Because I feel like I, I went through an identity crisis as well. Because mm. I, didn't, I didn't know who to be in spaces. I didn't know... Which team to present, mm. you know? So yeah... When you have those issues, like... What... You need you need an absolute. Like, you need, a tr- you need truth. Like, you need someone to say that this is who you are. Period. And I feel like it's only faith that helped me, like... Come in, like, I couldn't even believe it. Like, that's how... Terrible! My own situation had gotten got into. Mm. And funny enough, I was I was raised in the church. I I've been a church boy. Yeah. So I had to mentally get into church in a way that when they say, "Oh, you yeah, are the redeem of the Lord," I'm like, "Okay, if you say I'm redeemed, I'm redeemed. <laughs> <laughs> but gradually I started coming back. I'm just like, okay, God, please. Yeah, yeah. How important is faith to anchoring yourself and just helping yourself mentally, generally? Hmm.
1: My answer is biased because let's be
0: biased. I'm a
1: person of faith. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it's absolutely important. Mm-hmm. You know, like you said, we need something that we can return to that is a constant, mm. right? But the thing is, the way and I mean, I and mean, we're not going to get preachy,
0: but the way that like this <laughs> preachy. Where's, my, where's my tambourine. <laughs> The way really that, tamarine, it's off, it's off. <laughs> yeah, not <sheke. laughs>
1: But the way that, like, a lot of people have been exposed to, like, God, for example, is that, like, He's not constant; like, He's, flaky. He has m- mood swings. You know, mm. one day He's He's unhappy with you, another day mm-hmm. He's in love with you. Mm-hmm. But it's like, if we really look at the character of God, His character doesn't change. He's faithful. Mm-hmm and has been faithful and will always be faithful. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, if this is a constant that I can return to literally like a solid rock an anchor that I can Mm -hmm. return to, even when my situation is doing X, Y, Z, I know that this, this thing is going to remain the Mm -hmm. same. Right. Um, For people that, you know, maybe they don't have like a spiritual belief. They don't Mm -hmm. believe in God. Some people find their anchor in like their values. Right. Um, And, some people feel anchored in that, right? Uh, your face. <laughs> Some people feel anchored in that. My um, producer, is,
0: maybe. And it is... <laughs> you don't believe in God, but maybe have values, she believes her. <laughs> she believes herself, die. <laughs>
1: and you know, it is possible mm-hmm. to, you know, be anchored in your values, mm-hmm. And if we're looking at it, there are some difficult situations that like would challenge our values. There are some difficult situations. There are times that our values change, man.
0: That's yes. so oh, my sister. Because
1: what you are valuing right now as a 23-year-old mm. so is yes. probably not what you are going yes. to value as a
0: 40-year-old. Yes, yes. yes. You, know, you know, I keep telling people that let God not humble you because the things that you think that you cannot do, the things that I've done now yeah. that in my Early 20s, I'm just like, that's not me. I can never be that person. Mm-hmm. And when I was put in front of those things, I, I fell. Mm. And I was like, I can't even take myself too seriously these days because the things that we're saying we don't want to do or we're not going to do, our values are so strong, our moral stance is getting bad mm-hmm. By the time you actually are up against the those face. things, you yeah. just, just crash. I feel like the only constant, and I would say to your faces, it's job ja. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever job ja means to you, <laughs> let it be that. Okay, so like, where, I mean, I don't want to linger too much on certain things, but I also, right. I want to get to like another part of this conversation that I've been looking forward to. Trauma and triggers. Mm. Vulnerability. Mm. The people that we become mm. in our, maybe in our 20s, our 30s, mm-hmm. what formed us? Yeah. The, There's so many things that are that happened in my life right now. And it's because of reading and exposure. I'm just like, let me see what happened to you at 15. That's what it was said to you at 13. I can remember some specific things. Yeah. Just walk me through trauma and how it affects us as adults and vulnerability. Why is this, <clears throat> why it's so hard for people like me to be vulnerable? Mm-hmm.
1: So with trauma and how it Affects us as adults. So if we go back to how I defend tra- define trauma, rather, it's um, an emotional response to a distressing event right. or how our body processes an emotional response. Mm-hmm. So somebody um, may experience a distressing event, but their body processes it in a way that is not traumatic or there are inbuilt like guardrails aka community and supports that helps them through exactly Mm -hmm. right so I like using examples um I think it was when 2023 2021 the um apartment that I lived in at the time somebody broke into it right I was the only person in the house I had I um, just turned off the lights to go to sleep. I had just taken a shower and, you know, I was in bed and everything. And then all of a sudden, I wasn't asleep yet. And then all of a sudden, the lights came on. I said, uh-uh. <laughs> it's just me in mm-hmm. this house. And then I turn and I see that the door is open. The door of the room is open. And the way the door is, once it shuts, it mm-hmm. shuts. So there's no wind or anything. And then all of a sudden, I see a man in the house. I'm not even joking. Amma, um, uh, it's Jesus. I shouted, oh. <laughs> I shouted, Jesus. And then I wasn't thinking, but I got up and ran towards him. I was not thinking. it was That was a trauma response. Right. My body was just like, all right, we're going to fight this. Right? So that happened. I'm safe. Thank you, Jesus. Nothing happened to me, right? He, he ran away. He ran away. Right. He ran out of the house. Nothing happened. But... After that happened, um, like maybe like for like a week or less, you know, I found it hard to like go to sleep and Mm. stuff like that. But my family was there, right? My family was constantly checking on me. I had my my therapist at the time. So I had those buffers to help Mm. me, to help me process Mm. and to help me understand that, okay, yes, this was a traumatic thing that... You know, that happened, but I'm not in a place where like, I'm fine to go to sleep alone in a house mm. now, right? And at the time I I wasn't able to, immediately it happened. So how our body processes things and then also the people that we have around us really mm. help us walk through the mm. trauma. But the thing is that like a lot of the time we experience like trauma in isolation or it's processed in aloneness. So meaning that it's not processed with community, right? right? And again, because the body wants to keep you safe at all costs, it's going to find a way around it, right? So maybe, I don't know, an example would be, maybe um, you were constantly berated as a child, right? Mm-hmm. In order to like, maybe like lessen the impact of the words that I said to you, you might start saying those things to yourself. So that when those words are now said to you, it's like, Okay, and so it's not Jesus paining me,
0: Christ.
1: You know, like it's not. It doesn't. It doesn't land and it, and as hard.
0: You internalize it so much that that's who you think you are.
1: Exactly, and then you now continue doing the, those things as an adult. You con- You constantly start berating yourself, right? Because it's like it's tr- your body's trying to defend and protect you, so that if anybody says anything to you, it's like.
0: I already knew this.
1: That's not news to me. Right? But that's not true. It's not not true. It's usually not true. It's usually not true. Right? But our body, our body is so smart. Our brains are so smart. Right? Like, I don't think we fully understand, even with all the research that's out there, that some of these adaptations, yes, they're healthy adaptations, but they are also unhealthy. There's maladaptations, Mm -hmm. right? That is like, this thing is, is causing more, harm to you, right? So, I mean, one of the things that, from a spiritual perspective, one of the things that, like, I pray over myself is that my body recognizes truth as truth Mm -hmm. and doesn't fight against safety. Because there are some people that you've experienced a lot of trauma, right? That your body is not able to just relax in a place that is safe. Your body is not able to say is not able to say that, okay, this is indeed a safe space. Mm. So I pray that thing over myself for well, that my body
0: is able to respond to safety. Just, uh, <laughs> I cannot relax. <laughs> this, let me... I can't... So like, let me see how terrible... I feel like the most trauma that I... I always say that the most trauma I went through was in uni life. Mm. And... often until like, my mid-twins, I didn't realize that all of those things were traumatic experiences. Mm. So from... Some level of bullying to actually berating me to my face. Mm. I used to be much more effeminate than this, mm-hmm. right? So I went to a school that I felt that love guarding, mm. if I did past, they would always say things at like me, slurs, you know, slurs that I would not even mention, right? Yeah. And you know, over time, I felt like to, to cope, I became guarded and mm-hmm. very isolated mm-hmm. which was very different from somebody who was coming from worry i was a complete extrovert mm. who was talented so i could sing dance act to all of those things but by the time i came to you like i expected from i expected that it would continue mm-hmm. right so i was already popular from secondary school but when i came into unilag i'm just like what's going on here Like, why are you guys doing this to me? Mm -hmm. So my response was, I shut down on all of those things. Mm -hmm. So I I didn't sing, I didn't act, I didn't dance. I was in, I was in, I was in SAF. I just didn't join the choir. I didn't do any of those. Like, I did not do the things that I would naturally want to do.
1: Yeah.
0: And, you know, when I left school, I realized that even when I'm in public spaces and there's a group of people standing mm. my brain automatically t- tells me that they're talking about you mm. so I disengage mm-hmm. which is so crazy because half the time their responses to their own response is that oh this one thinks he doesn't want to fuck with us
1: mm, so they're viewing it in another so light
0: in my head I'm mm-hmm. in self-protection mood yeah in their mind like what is wrong with this one man? yeah he thinks so he's connecting. hmm hmm and even like I, t- I was saying reason. recently, like, I only started engaging with if I see a group of niggas mm-hmm. standing, <laughs> I like, no call them niggas, niggas because that's how I was a bitch. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> this-, <laughs> this was a cause problem, but I was me. a bitch. <laughs> so if I see a group of niggas like, like this, mm. I know the pass that place. So mm. I go literally, I can if let's say I'm going to Lucky Toll Gates, right? Mm-hmm. And a group of, of niggas are standing there. Yeah. I will go pass through, bypass. <laughs> you know? So it so the older I got and arrested, it could not hurt me. Mm. It, 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 left, it left being scared to resentment. Mm. So resentment for not fitting in. Mm. And they're making me, reminding me that I did not fit in. Mm-hmm. And all these are responses that, like, these are tr- triggers. Like, these are, so even in my adulthood, even with all of these things that I've achieved, mm-hmm. if I'm in certain spaces and those things come up, I am triggered. Mm-hmm. I can either leave the place, mm-hmm. I can either be, like, I can give you back, like, you, Chris, <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> you can because, stand up for yourself. Yeah.
0: But then again, I just realized that, you know, there's so many things that I'd missed out on. There's so many yeah. connections that could have happened mm-hmm. that I, I shut down because of these other things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as adults, we don't even know how many things that happened to us that really just changed our lives and shut us out of our blessings or things that could have been. Like, yeah. it's just crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And this is the first time I'm sharing this properly because oh. this is my own podcast space, you know Yeah. But, oh, thanks for sharing. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 What do you think about this? Like, I'm I'm guessing better, but mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's still like, these are strongholds, as I will call them. <laughs> you know, I you know one of the prayers that I, I prayed recently, um, and I've been praying a lot, is that, you know, God, I have, you have to help me see myself the way you see me. Yes. Yeah. Because the amount of things that I've internalized, mm. it's like, if, all of this didn't happen. Who is the original team that you had in mind? Hmm. Because that would define who I am going forward. Like mm. that would define um, how I react to things. Yeah. Self-sabotage became a problem because I talked to, talk to one of my friends who is also going through the same thing where he, you know, we experience so much trauma to the point where we self-sabotage even in the heat, even in the heat of success. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He doesn't believe that He's worthy of these things. Mm. So, some gigs can come and he'll shut it down. Mm. It happened to him. I did it. And it's just like, I'm just like, God, like, if you don't sort this thing out, because I don't know what other, I need to be able to get myself to the point of seeing myself the way you see me so that I can yeah. deal with the things that I need to deal with.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But you know, your worth is not dependent on the things that you've done,
0: your worth has to exist regardless yes but it's easier said than done
1: one thousand yeah (laughs) one thousand percent right but if you look at somebody when you say oh this person is worthy is it usually because they've done something or it's just like oh this person has like self-worth or like you know they're just worthy as a as a human being
0: I don't know, that's tricky because in today's society it's just sometimes we attach a lot of worth we do. To, what people, to what people have achieved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you know, some of the people that I really envy are people who have not as much as I do mm. but there's a strong sense of self. Mm. There's a strong sense of identity. Mm-hmm. It can be lonely mm-hmm. <laughs> because you have to stand out from the crowd. Yeah. But you know, in the long run we respect such people mm-hmm. Yeah, who decided that I will be my own person regardless. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. And another thing about it, I think some of us are just cowards that we cannot just say, you know, mm-hmm. it's just easy it's to just fit in and just say, you know, let me deal with this, like,
1: exactly. Like this, as
0: opposed to standing my own ground. Because it's a very lonely part to want to, somebody said something some years ago that, you know, this individuality thing we're talking about, being yourself, being yourself is the loneliest mm-hmm. thing to be. Because sometimes who you are is different from what other people understand. Like, who you are will never make sense to other people. To
1: another person, yeah.
0: So be yourself. Be yourself is, would other people understand this self that you're trying to be? Mm. And that's why there's like head mentality. Like people follow a certain, what's the word? People act a certain way that is common to what a group mm. would do just because they just want to fit in and not stand out. Because also standing out is so scary and lonely.
1: Yeah, it is. You stay. It is. It is. Right. But I I wanted to give some insights on like trauma responses. So there are four trauma responses. There's fights, there's flights, there's freeze, and there's fun. Fights is when you go towards the danger Right. And the thing is, I like a lot of these trauma responses. is not that we think about it. It just happens. Right. So with my example of, you know, the break in me running towards him, I did not think about it. That was a fight response. Mm -hmm. Right. Something just kicked in. I was just like, get get out of my house. Like, (laughs) what are you doing here? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, so that was a fight response. A flight response would be avoidance. Running away. So you said you you know how you said like you know in certain spaces you just disengage. Mm-hmm. You just either and disengaging might look like leaving, mm-hmm. or maybe you're just disengaged mentally. Right. Right. So that's right. you avoiding the situation. Mm-hmm. Freeze would be as the name implies, just freezing. You're stuck. You're having um difficulty making decisions, you feel numb, you are um, isolating, yeah. you know, um you're just yeah unable to make decisions. Mm-hmm. And then fun is when that like people pleasing gets in. You know you know what <gasps> this, this, this might be controversial. Let's talk about people pleasing, okay. Yeah. I was gonna say something I think a lot of I mean we love our mothers. Yeah. I think a lot of them have that fun yes. response, man, just like appeasing in order to like yeah. get out of danger. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, let me, you know, try and befriend this person mm-hmm. or let me do this in order to like keep you safe or keep mm-hmm. them safe. Usually their offspring safe, right? And so th- those are the, the four trauma responses. And a lot of us don't even know when we're in those responses. And that's mm-hmm. because like sometimes society, environments can even like, can even like applaud those behaviors, yeah so fight response, somebody that's aggressive it's like, oh okay, he's just an aggressive person, mm-hmm. right Or she's just an aggressive person. Um, flight response, you know, avoiding something overworking is up there. Yeah. but guess what? we celebrate hustle now mm-hmm. we, so, this person is
0: hustling, but you know people use it to to, to to
1: avoid thinking about certain things certain things, or to avoid people. Right, because o- if you overachieving call... Overachieving
0: just to feel adequate.
1: Exactly.
0: Oh, and if you... I think... <laughs> I, you know, my friend, now that you said this thing, I think that the first phase of my career, mm-hmm. the reason why I was on such a vim, 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 it was so... overcompensate I me. Mean. Yeah, for that part of me. Hmm. And I got to the point where I'd become stuck. I feel like when I had the meltdown, because I overdid it to the point where even when I achieved those things, I wasn't whole. Yeah, you weren't satisfied. I wasn't. I like. I was. I, I tell people that the the season where I made the most money was my most depressive. I was my saddest. So I thought the money would soothe the thing that was really eating me up. Mm, mm, mm. You know. Mm-hmm. But I realized that you know, all your money and your acclaim, claim, you're still you still go back home thinking that you know,
1: I'm not even worthy. Yeah, you're still faced with TMI. <laughs> <S-A-N>. <laughs> not Tay <laughs>
0: hmm. but I'm talking too much on this podcast oh so my god Mami cut us all this emotional <laughs> part eh?
1: <laughs> we love vulnerability
0: no but let's talk about vulnerability okay. vulnerability is it's one thing that I don't know how to I used to think I was very vulnerable but mm-hmm. bruh I'm a rock okay. I am a wall, you know <laughs> I would do anything to get out of vulnerability. Mm. If this relationship was supposed to take me to marriage, mm-hmm. and it meant that I had to be vulnerable, that's the end of that marriage. Yeah, okay, now <laughs> <laughs> because I just feel like I, you know, with all the things that have, that have happened, like you know, I didn't want to be seen, and I didn't realize how much that I didn't want to be seen. Mm. So it meant that two weeks into a friendship, and they're about to see me for who I really am.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: that's the end I don't bail and it was a cycle until someone they're just like how come everybody has a problem but you yeah and for the first time I just realized that you know I can't even be vulnerable to like if you, re- if you don't reply my text my trauma from I don't re- pick which where did this happen before <laughs> I've seen this pattern before okay great I'm out <laughs> 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 if, if I'm talking to you no, the answer we do. I want like, let's talk about relationships, right? Yeah, I can literally infer
1: mm. <laughs> from the
0: slightest, like, and that that might not be the case soon. From the slightest inconvenience, that ah, it's because of who I am. That's yeah. why this one is dim Like it's so yeah. So to avoid see finish,
1: yeah. <laughs> you're I gonna leave. Run. Yeah, you're gonna flight.
0: I feel like that's why most of us in this generation are in relationships. Yeah, no, we are not ready.
1: Yeah, we're not. And also, like, I mean, it's not our fault because, like, the culture that we live in doesn't really applaud vulnerability. Mm. Right? If somebody's having a an emotional response again, that is healthy. We tell, especially men, we tell them, "Stop crying now. Be strong." <laughs> yeah. Even you know, see me. As- <laughs> The older I've gotten and the more that life has happened, you know, things like grief, for example, mm. I'm um, exposed to it, whether that's directly or indirectly, mm. the more that I'm like, oh, well, this is our culture around grief. You see, it's you it gets it, yes, yes, it does. You know, because it's like somebody loses a loved one, you tell them
0: be you just strong. Just sit be strong. Yeah.
1: Somebody loses a loved mom, one, you yeah. expect, you come to their house and expect them to feed you. Yes. It's that one. Somebody at somebody loses a loved one, right? A a a wife loses her husband. She has to stay in the house for forty days. Mm. Mm.
0: That's deep, old.
1: and it's like, hello. If somebody is not strong at the loss of a loved one, that is a healthy response. Response that is a healthy response, right? and there's a lot of yeah like our culture is not one that really applauds vulnerability if somebody is um, you know maybe sharing how an experience or you know sharing their feelings right we don't receive it well
0: do you know that because I forgive niggas <laughs> I hang out with niggas now <laughs> Don't like I, I have a lot of niggas now. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm also a nigga. Yeah, I don't go to... You are that muscle. I don't have muscles. I'm one of the niggas. But You know, when, when you speak to men, if you find out the emotional mess that they are... Oh, so when I see... I, I mean, what I always tell my friends, like, you need to calm down for this nigga because this is a trauma. This is something. Yes. Men need more therapy than... Like... Mm-hmm. Men need to be soaked in therapy. Mm-hmm. My it idea. is so crazy that you know. I I met a man who says he can never be vulnerable with his wife because she will use it against him. That's too deep. Somebody that's your soulmate, somebody you are they are too. sleeping next to. Do you understand? And a lot of men cannot honestly tell women how they feel.
1: Yeah, yeah. And again, it's it's like a vicious cycle because yes. guess what? They're raising it, boys like that. Exactly. But then also they may have. Told someone how they feel, or they and may they have exactly yeah. right. Or they use it against them, or they say you're not acting like a man. Mm. I and
0: mean, in this society, like, you need to be a man. You need
1: to be that a man. Now. Me now.
0: Because it, it, because I could just never fit in because yeah. they, I was raised by women, strong mm-hmm. women, by mm-hmm. the way. But I was I was soft in a way that wasn't good to be around other Strong, mm-hmm. Niggas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so getting older and realizing that huh, these niggas are not as strong as you know. Because I have a friend that you know, when I, when I would speak to, he would cry. It seems to trigger me. I'm like, e? I'm so grateful." <laughs> and I'm telling you that this this person I'm talking about, eh, is taller than me. Like on a regular day. And anyone of, can get it. <laughs> bad bitches <they> fall. <laughs> and the things that he was crying about, he's just like, you know, acceptance from his father. Hmm. His father never seen him. Hmm. I said But you are rich now. But uh, see, like, what does riches have to do with that?
1: Daddy ain't there. Daddy ain't there.
0: I know. was once to time my daddy issues. My daddy issues. <laughs> like, we well, no, we'll close this podcast <laughs> 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 before it <that's> that. <laughs> But it just shows that you know a lot of maybe men need to talk to men more.
1: Yeah, I I, I agree. I if, agree if, let's say
0: we cannot trust women as much, right? Because they will use it against them. But like, let, can we talk to ourselves?
1: Yes, and let one of your bros tell you that, bro. It's, it's okay. okay. I'm also going to do the same thing.
0: I you know, understand. You know, let me say you another thing that's so crazy: how a lot of men are, are attached their self-worth to of money. That has mm-hmm. never been my issue. Come on. I have niggas that. I don't know. This nigga is guy writing to be using on this podcast. <laughs> I have bros that. It's
1: a little too late now. <laughs> yeah, we're already nigga out of the podcast.
0: <laughs> but you know, I have bros who cannot walk up to a woman and not in a good mental state when they don't have money. Hmm. Their self-worth is attached to money. Yeah. I know, I know men that will say, when I make money, I finally get the girl I want. Even in this company, right? I still call one boy with the downstairs be say, the whole life, now, when I finally become this,
1: then I can do this. Yeah, And that's why you
0: see them striving, yes. struggling. Yes. My own nobody bad like that. So I don't say my own bad, but my own, own bad like that. <laughs> because, you know, they are so exhausted, they are so in their heads that they can't say it. Yeah. I know people who don't drink who come to the club and buy drinks for everybody just to film. Liked. Liked. Yeah. It's such a miserable space to be in Mm -hmm. when your entire self-worth is hinged on the things that you have. Mm -hmm. So it means that the day that you stop having those things, you will not be worthy to the people around you. So it means that you're also in constant need to, you can't be broke. Mm -hmm. You know, your anxiety level is going to be different. It's going
1: to be through the freaking roof. But then guess what? It will show up as you hustling. And society will applaud that. So it's like, as if people who are doing ourselves, man, because mm. guess what? Culture is made up of, made up of people. Mm. Right. So there really needs to be a shift in culture and just society and how we treat people. Yeah. Right. Like just, if you're a bro and one of your bro's is crying, Tell the bro it's
0: okay. Baba, 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 what's in with that? Baba, stop that scene, Guy. <laughs> <laughs> Look at them falling <laughs> and say, if I cry here, eh, what this man? This, will say? Uh, this one is the worst. Nothing you say, you guys might say. Thing. This is the culprit. This is <laughs> <are> the culprit. <laughs> if I break down now. I you know, what I used to be the cry out. Mm. I cried before. What was the last time you cried? My friend if it's not in influence of my saviour, I'm like, my saviour doesn't get that tears. <laughs> Sometimes Jesus, I'm like, Jesus, you're not going to get this tear. <laughs> That's how crazy it has become. Yeah. I used to be a crybaby. Uh, like, for all the time, even like I was bullied or, I would come back to my mom, I would cry. You yeah. know? I, would, I would let it out. At least I would feel better. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm a rock. If you, you know when they, when they say, strike the rock? <laughs> if you strike my rock, no water will come out. Water is not coming out. i like, <laughs> steady. And I feel like, all of those emotions, I put it into some. Like I feel like mm, I go there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can't cry, my sister, even for film. That's my problem. I can't tap. I feel like I've put such a big wall on my emotions that I can't tap into what to make me cry in a movie. Hmm. You have to put rub on my eyes. <laughs> can't talk his eyes. I hate Aboniki. Yeah, but I mean it's like I, that's how extreme I yeah. need like. And I've seen niggas who. So disconnected from their emotions. Even the way they treat yes. women, Used so women complain that you know, men and shit, men and shit, men and she, men and shit, men as come, men has come. But if you really break it down, like the men are so trauma, like the amount of trauma that men like mm. even the guys that formed an opinion about what relationship should be mm-hmm. from secondary school when their yes. girlfriend left with yes. kids.
1: Yes. And then that girlfriend is now a hoe and everything, and then so that's-
0: tomorrow. I know some niggas that they just want to marry me they say we not marry you. that mm-hmm. heartbreak has not left them nope that's trauma of oh so a guy with money has collected his girl. Mm-hmm. so they're oh i it just work, make money so I will just carry one bad bitch to the house so when, you, when I carry for house, I've, I've, I've earned this one yeah so I'm satisfied I'm not open to love mm-hmm. let me tell you my biggest problem now <laughs> is that not open? one day I was I was in, on the bed cuddled up with somebody that I liked come on at the time and Key this, word
1: at the time, Abby.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and in this position, this fetus position. <laughs> fetal? So cute. Is it fetal <laughs> or fetus?
1: It's okay. We understand what you're talking about.
0: <laughs> I was a rock. Hmm. I went to the bathroom and cried. I said, God, whatever this thing is, or is this stony heart? Take it away. Mm-hmm. Because how would I this? How would I marry? Like I couldn't emotionally connect. Yeah. And that's how a lot of niggas or men are. I'm yeah. talking about men because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a guy and, and and it seems as if all the men are just getting married and like, no, men half the time are not emotionally connected people that they are with.
1: Yeah. 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 Cause it's like you you what what did he say? You guys composed. You guys composed. <laughs> like and that composure, it will enter your relationship now. It will enter your relationship because they did not tell you that in that you guys compose this two four seven did not tell you that it's okay when you're with your baby it's okay for you to it's okay for you to be vulnerable it's okay it's okay for you to you know just be um receive help mm-hmm. receive support right so
0: yeah composing now. 247, young guard. Let me tell you that problem. This podcast has gone long. I also, please (laughs) don't judge me for many times I say in this podcast. This is a safe space, okay? Well, I like curating safe spaces. Do you know (laughs) that if I like somebody, Uh uh, I do the opposite of what's like. Oh, attractive. I I become very. (laughs) (laughs) If you if in a space where I'm very warm to everybody, Uh probably don't like them. If you see what I'm doing, what fuck is this uh, not you not, like that not, person that. no 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 that is unhealthy healthy. No, that. No, it's unhealthy but I know and I really was a pastor because I would always <laughs> assume that these people will not get the message mm,
1: and then I will come to you but half the time they're not so getting, I'm even more angry they're getting a
0: different message because <laughs> vulnerability is such a big deal for me it is that if I can taste that I like somebody ooh mm. all my walls are up standing I feel like you for table. Let's us pass me that cup. I'm like, but well, that's the cup then you mm. can pass it.
1: Because you're trying to protect yourself.
0: But I'm single, I'm lonely. I'm, uh, I'm I mean, that's when the protection has <laughs> left me now.
1: <laughs> like,
0: I can't. Oh, you're please. trying to protect
1: yourself, right? I mean, and right. right? And it's like, what do you what do you need protection from? Whatever it is that happened to you that you were in a vulnerable spot, right? Maybe you weren't able to take care of yourself then, Mm. but now you can, Mm. right? So it's like reminding yourself that, okay, reminding yourself, reminding your mind, reminding your body that I'm good. I can protect myself. I don't need you to jump into action. Mm. Like I got this, you know, I'm grounded enough to be able to Mm. protect myself, Mm. Right. So if the last person that I liked hurt me, maybe there were flags that I missed. Right. And maybe I'm now more aware of said flags. So if I see it, I can take Mm -hmm. action accordingly. But it's like some of us, we don't even want to admit that that thing is paining us so much.
0: Yes, now you don't
1: want I mean, to that me that pain is 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 inside. Sometimes a lot of us just need to cry. And you know, I'm not even joking. And there are certain like that crying is like yeah. you will feel it inside <gasps> your body. If I cry,
0: the cry way I won't really cry. If I cry, you will from let me go. go. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> if I cry, no stop. <laughs> but, but, but I have to say this that like, so many things are so etched in our memory. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And who we are now yeah. that unlearning it would take years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's because I'm telling you about this. I only recognize that vulnerability is hard for me because of things that have happened to me before, right? Mm. But to unlearn it, like to wriggle myself out of that entanglement, I, it's hard. Yeah. Remember opposite action that we spoke about? Mm. You can it's use that here. for me because I'm just like, this is what I know.
1: Yeah. You can use that here too. Mm. Right? You can use that opposite action and it's like, okay, if my brain or my mind is telling me to do X, Y, Z, I'm going to do the opposite of it. But that, that can get tricky because it's like also like, I mean, I there's like, breath. no, no, no. no. That's like, if your mind is telling you that, oh, well, this danger. You're in front of danger. I beg you do. <laughs> Don't go do the opposite, right? But it's like, if you know that, okay, this is a a trigger point, mm-hmm. like being vulnerable. For example, mm-hmm. if I open myself up, what is the worst that I think will happen? Right? So kind of even just like making a list of like, okay, what's the worst that can really happen? Huh.
0: No, let me say about my own. It's like I feel like you plan to go in there vulnerable. As I reach there <laughs> on guard. So this maybe type. let's do
1: the opposite of not
0: I on can. guard so much. It's what I read I'm like, but why can't you just even relax? Yeah.
1: But tami you have the awareness that, okay, when you reach somewhere mm-hmm. it's on guard. So maybe it's that you need to start taking stock of like that somewhere. What is it? Or wh- what is it about those environments? Right? right? Yes. So if it's that, okay, when you go into an environment with, I don't know, like a lot of people, a lot of certain type of people. You're on guard. So you have that awareness now that if somebody invites you to an event like that, okay, I'm going to be on guard. So I'm going to try my best to do the opposite. And maybe doing the opposite is I'm going to say hello to one person, right? I'm going to strike a conversation, a two-minute conversation with one person. Mm. And then you will now look and see that, okay. It's not that bad. That wasn't the worst thing. Hmm.
0: God help us. God help us. True, our insecurities. True. <laughs> so, like, I feel like we, if we keep speaking, we we'll speak to like evening. Cause Absolutely, this is almost a <laughs> session for me, right? But I, I just—I w- should build r- you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I just really want you to just give us a final note on mm. what's how important therapy and mental health and all this entire conversation is for yeah. us, especially now.
1: Yeah. You know, it's, it's super important. A lot of people are struggling and they don't know that they're struggling. So there are things that you can do as the person that's struggling. And there are things that you can do as someone that knows somebody that is struggling. Mm -hmm. So if you are struggling, talk to somebody, right? Maybe it's a trusted person Mm -hmm. that's like, okay, Bro, <gasps> bro. <laughs> bro, I'm not feeling good, mm-hmm. right? And hopefully you're surrounded by people that can respond well to you. Mm-hmm. Talk to somebody, consider seeing a therapist, right? I mean, the... Reaching out to a therapist is just like, it's the first step in the right direction, mm-hmm. right? And hopefully you're paired with somebody that knows what they're talking about. I mean, if you come to EPIA, you don't have to worry about that. But, yeah. <laughs> but you know, like talking to a professional, mm-hmm. right? A lot of people think that when they, when they think about starting therapy, they're like, ah, how many sessions would I need? Am I going to be in therapy forever? And... Let's not even focus on that. Let's focus on right now. Mm -hmm. Let's focus on getting you the help that you need. Mm -hmm. If you know somebody that could benefit from therapy, maybe it's suggesting it to them, but also leaving room for them to get to that point on their own. So it's like, okay, here are the resources. Here are the therapists that I know about. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe it's even taking things a step further by saying, I'm happy to pay for one session. Yes. I'm happy to pay for, you know, a bundle mm-hmm. or whatever. Right. But we also have to make sure that we're not using, we're not weaponizing therapy as like, ah, oh, my, you need therapy. Your problem is, is more, who's going mm-hmm. to respond well to that? No one's mm, going to respond well sense. to that. Mm. Right. So we need to, we need to treat people well. With care. With care. I feel like a lot of the things that we've spoken about, we've touched on community. Right. Right. So this shows up in how we are to other people and also how people are to us. Mm -hmm. Right. So making sure that we're surrounded with the right community and making sure that we are being empathetic. We're being vulnerable. Part of being vulnerable is telling somebody that, hey, the way you acted that day, I didn't like it. It hurts me or it made me angry. Right. So just doing our, our part as just good people, mm-hmm. supporting them with the resources that they need. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's hope, right? Things are hard. People are struggling. And there is hope. Mm-hmm.
0: There's hope on the other side. Right. So, yeah. Thank you so much, Fumta. Thank you for having me. Please can you help me sign out on my show? Look <laughs> at the camera and okay. tell them.
1: Hi, guys. My name is Fumto Ogubangwo. I'm a clinical mental health therapist and the founder of EBIO, and I just filled tea with tea. In this episode, we talk about everything mental health related from depression to trauma to anxiety, and it's one that you definitely want to watch. I think that you should share it with everyone and just have a good time watching it. And if you're looking for a therapist, please come check us out at EBIO. We offer therapy services to individuals, couples, family, and as well as wellness services to organizations. For the month of November, we're actually having a workshop called Unraveling Anxiety. It's a virtual workshop where you can learn about anxiety, how it shows up, and just empowering you with the coping tools to walk through anxiety. I'm looking forward to seeing you there.